Hello, dear friends. This is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable. It is time for Let's Talk About Jesus right here on WMAF. I'm so glad to be with you today and so glad that you have tuned in to this broadcast. If you are a return listener, we thank you for being part of our broadcast family. And if this is a first time for you, we welcome you as our special guest. And real quick, before you turn that dial... Uh, Listen, if you are not a Christian today, please stay tuned to this broadcast. I believe as you hear the Bible explained clearly and concisely as it is written, that you're going to see the glory of the gospel. You're going to want to know Jesus as your Savior. You're going to desire uh, to be part of this growing family called the, the church, the called out ones, Christians around the world that are living for and looking for the soon return of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. We want you to be in that number when the saints go marching in. That's not just a a jazz tune. That is a real, genuine truth today. Hallelujah. The saints of God. And by the way, I want to just stop here a moment before we even announce our our title for this week's teaching. A saint of God is not someone who is sinlessly perfect, nor someone who has worked a verifiable miracle in their life or has it attributed to them. A saint in Scripture is one who has been washed in the blood of Jesus Christ. And that's why all Christians, every single one of them, were addressed as saints in the New Testament. Praise God, because we have been sanctified cleansed and set apart unto God for a holy purpose today. So when the saints go marching in, I want to be in that number. I'm going to be in that number because I have trusted Christ as my Lord and my personal Savior. So we just invite you to stay tuned today. We're going to be talking about living for heaven's glory. And it's an important message to those of us who are caught up living, marking it all by time. And uh, we want to be able to look past this very limited time that we are locked into, literally trapped in for the moment, and look past it to the eternal kingdom of God. And we want to begin to live our life as believers in Christ for the heaven's glory and not just for the temporal things of this passing world. The Bible said of the world and everything that's in it, it passes away. It's transient. It is changing constantly. It is in flux. Nothing is going to stay the same. Even the the brand new automobile one day will rust out and be uh, on a heap of old vehicles sitting in some junkyard somewhere. Everything is changing and there's no stopping change that occurs for we are trapped in time and time is going to bring those changes but eternity nothing will change age without end amen we will be with the lord forever in an eternal kingdom a new heaven a new earth (laughs) amen and a new body that will never get sick and never die never age never ever 
ever change. Hallelujah. So we're going to be declaring eternal values today in a world preoccupied with time. I want to read from Romans chapter 8 and verse 18. It says, For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed in us. I like one translation that says, Yet what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory he will give us later. (laughs) Hallelujah. The Apostle Paul was one of the most powerfully anointed men in the Bible. He was also one of the most persecuted, tested, and tempted. No matter what he faced in time, he looked past it to eternity. And many times today I want to state as Christians, in order to get past this day, we need to look and live for that day that is coming. We need to literally then live for heaven's glory and not for the temporal pleasures of the flesh that is passing. Someone said it well one time when they said, He is no fool that gives up what he cannot keep in order to obtain that which he cannot lose. The devil will always show you the temporal world. He will never show you eternity. He will never show you a past time into eternity. He doesn't want you to see uh, your eternal destiny. And he doesn't want you, therefore, to consider where your soul is going to spend it. He wants you to only see the temporal part of your life. God wants you to look past the temporal part into eternity. He wants you to live with him forever. Make no mistake about it. Jesus came to suffer and die to save those who had sinned and come short of the glory of God. And you know who that is? That's every person on this earth. For the scripture said, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There's none righteous. No, not one. It was reiterated because someone thinks they know someone uh, that that doesn't need a Savior that is living so holy, so pure, so perfectly that they don't need what the blood of Jesus has supplied for us that we might obtain forgiveness from sin. And someone may have the audacity to think that they don't need that, that they are that person. But the scripture is very clear. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But it's also very clear that it's not his will that any perish, but that all have eternal life. Praise God. So we as Christians today need to look past time and live for the glory of God, for the glory of heaven. And that means we can bear up under the load of earthly trials and tests. You know, Paul called these sufferings just for a moment and and said they're not worthy to be compared with what is awaiting every one of us. Look with me at 2 Corinthians. If you have your Bibles or you want to mark this scripture down, chapter 11, verse 23 through 30. And it says, Paul's letter to Corinth, Are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more. In labors more abundant, in stripes above measure, in prisons more frequent, in deaths 
oft. Of the Jews, five times received I forty stripes, save one. Thrice I was beaten with rods, once I was stoned, thrice I suffered shipwreck, a night and a day I have been in the deep, in journeyings often, in perils of waters, in perils of robbers, in perils by my own countrymen, in perils by the heathen, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren, in weariness and painfulness, in watchings often, in hunger and thirst, in fastings often, in cold and nakedness, beside those things that are without, uh, those things that cometh upon me daily, the care of all the churches. And verse 29 says, Who is weak, and I am not weak? Who is offended, and I burn not? If, if I must needs glory or boast, I will glory of the things which concern mine infirmities. Paul said, in essence, I've been weakened by these things, but I don't feel weak. I've been offended, but I do not burn with anger. Listen to Paul's evaluation of these trials and tests in light of the coming glory. 2 Corinthians four fifteen through 18 says, For all things are for your sakes, that the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many redound to the glory of God. For this cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. And listen to how he categorizes all he just said that he was experiencing. He said, For our light affliction. Can you imagine? Which is but for a moment. See, he's talking about time. It seems like when you're under such pressure, uh, such pain, heartache and heartbreak in living in a faulty body in a fallen world, uh, that it will never end. It seems like it just goes on. When will it end? When will the pain stop? For our light affliction, and this is how he, he saw what he was facing in time, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal. That means subject to change. We we understand everything we see. Nothing is permanent in this world. You know, the Bible said the permanent thing is the Word of God and the eternal coming kingdom of God. But heaven will pass away. As we know it, the heavens are going to change. The earth will pass away. But he that does the will of God abides forever, and his word abides forever. Praise God. But the things which are not seen are eternal. So, friend, I want to submit to you today that to get past it, we must look past it. I want to read this from the Amplified. Listen to what it says. Therefore, we do not become discouraged, utterly spiritless, exhausted, and wearied, and wearied out through fear. 
Though our outward man is progressively decaying and wasting away, yet our inward self is being progressively renewed day after day. For our light momentary affliction, this slight distress of the passing hour, is ever more and more abundantly preparing and producing and achieving for us an everlasting weight of glory beyond all measure, excessively surpassing all comparisons, all calculations, a vast and transcendent glory and blessedness never to cease. Since we consider and look not to the things which are seen, but the things which are unseen, For the things which are visible are temporal, brief, and fleeting, but the things which are invisible are deathless and everlasting. (laughs) Hallelujah. Friend of mine, Paul looked past the temporal into the eternal. He wasn't living only in time. He was living for an eternal inheritance. Living for heaven's glory marks us. For persecution, but it also identifies us with Jesus Christ. Amen. Everyone that lives godly, the scripture said, is going to suffer persecution. There is no getting around it. If we identify ourselves with Jesus Christ by following him, as we talked about in a former teaching, an upstream Christian in a downstream world, we are going to be persecuted. We're going to be misunderstood. We're going to be ostracized in some cases from from a, a, a society that believes that following Jesus is politically incorrect, socially unacceptable, spiritually misguided. Are you one of those? Are you one of those? You really believe God created the world? You really believe uh, that that, uh, Jesus is coming soon? You really believe there is a person who can be known, uh, who created all things that we see? You really believe beyond science and beyond logic uh, through faith in something so so far beyond anyone else's <laughs> capability to conceptualize? You one of those crazy believers? Absolutely. While we look not at the things which are seen, for they are temporal, we look at the things which are unseen, for they are eternal, and it will bring persecution. And Jesus said, when you're persecuted for my sake, and men speak evil of you, cast your name out as evil, rejoice and be exceedingly glad. Why? Because you, 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 you've been hurt. You've been cast aside by a friend that would no longer wanted to friend you. <laughs> if you were on Facebook, they would say, I unfriend you. <laughs> friend of mine, listen to me. Jesus said, when they do that for my sake, unfriend you, cast your name out as evil. Rejoice And be exceedingly glad why, listen, for great is your reward in heaven. You see, if you're living for the glory of self, for the glory of man, for the glory of the moment here, you cannot, cannot stand true like you need to. You need to look past all 
of that and whatever persecutions it may bring in order to live for the glory of God and the glory of heaven. Praise God. So here's how that we are told to deal with those persecutions and those trials that shall surely come. Listen to first Peter chapter four, twelve through fourteen. It says, Beloved, think it not strange, therefore, concerning the fiery trial which has come to try you, as though some strange thing has happened unto you. But rejoice inasmuch as you are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory shall be revealed, you may be glad also with exceeding joy. If you be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are ye, for the spirit of glory and of God resteth upon you. On their part he is evil spoken of, but on your part he is glorified. <laughs> Amen. I want to read this from from a, 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 a modern translation. So this is not for study, but just for clarifying what we are studying a little better. Dear friends, don't be surprised at the fiery trials you're going through, as if something strange were happening unto you. Instead, be very glad, because these trials will make you partners with Christ in his suffering, and afterward you will have the wonderful joy of sharing his glory when it is displayed to all the world. Be happy if you are insulted for being a Christian. For then the glorious Spirit of God will come upon you. <laughs> Hallelujah. God will verify in your spirit that you're his child. That's why the persecution, that's why uh, these things are happening and occurring. Uh, you are an affront to the darkness because you represent the light and the life of Jesus Christ. Amen. Ultimately, now Christians, when weakened or wounded, authentic Christians, by trial and test, they will trust in Jesus even more. Share the suffering. <laughs> Share the glory. There's no way to reign with him unless we suffer with him. That's why the scripture said, if we suffer with him, we shall also reign with him. Colossians 3, verse 1 through 4 today says, If you be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above. Seek those things which are above, where Christ sits on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above and not the things of the earth, for you are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. Hallelujah. Praise God. This is a, a perspective that you can only get if you live for heaven's glory. Live for the eternal glory that is going to be ours rather than the fleeting fame or the fleeting fulfillment that, that, that we can achieve just feeding our flesh, uh, feeding our egos, feeding our earthly desires. Oh, friend, there's a joy that 
death can't conquer. There's a joy that never can be taken away from us if we look past this present temporal falling faltering world and we look to the great glorious day when Jesus stands upon this earth and we stand with him. Praise God. Paul wanted to know Christ in the fellowship of his sufferings that he might also know him in the power of his resurrection. So whatever drives us to God in dependence will position us to receive his grace and his power upon our lives. Living for heaven's glory, therefore, will crystallize spiritual values in our hearts and thereby defeat the tempter. (laughs) Glory to God. Amen. You see, the Bible said that we're not to love the world nor the things that are in the world. And I'm not talking about the beauty that God has created on this planet, on the earth. World is a spiritual system spoken of in Scripture that is opposed to God and His Son and our Savior, Jesus Christ. There is, there is a God of this world, uh, this fallen world. With the little g, Satan is called the God of this world, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. So the Bible tells us not to love the world, neither the things that are in the world. And look at the temporal that we're going to talk about that we're so focused on, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life is of the world, and the world passes away. But he that does the will of God abides, lives, and exists forever. Everything that Satan uses to tempt us is passing away. It is transient. But everything in God's kingdom is eternal. Praise God. He gives us eternal life everlasting life. You know, there's a scripture in the Old Testament looking past time, the the immediate circumstance they were in. And it says, Therefore, the redeemed of the Lord shall return and come to singing unto Zion, and everlasting joy shall be upon their heads. Hallelujah. I I know it's in the old covenant and I know it's about a particular circumstance, but the principle is the same. Whatever the immediate circumstance is, we must look past it to get past it. Hallelujah. And know that even, even when they went into captivity, God said, if you return to me, I will return to you. And he promised to restore their fortunes. And he said, therefore, the redeemed of the Lord shall return, and they shall come with singing unto Zion, and everlasting joy shall be upon their heads. For in another portion of Scripture it said, For as the mountains are round about Jerusalem, the Lord is round about his people to to 
deliver them. Praise God. Zion will will stand the test of time, the test of enemies, the test of persecutions, the test of circumstances. Amen. God will establish his people and he will keep his covenant even to a thousand generations. Abraham demonstrated his faith in the coming kingdom according to the book of Hebrews chapter 11, 8 through 10. And listen to what it said. It said, By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed. And he went out, not knowing whither he went. By faith he sojourned in a land of promise as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles, literally tents, with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Hallelujah. Praise God. One translation says, or another version says, Abraham did this because he was confidently looking forward to a city with eternal foundations, a city designed and built by God. God blessed Abraham spiritually, and God blessed Abraham materially. But Abraham lived not in a palatial edifice made of beautiful stonework and architecture. He lived in tents. He continued to live in a temporary dwelling because he was looking. He knew all of this time will take its toll on everything that is built in this temporal world. Everything will give way to time if time continues. But he said, I'm looking past the temporal world. And I'm looking for a city (laughs) that has permanent, eternal foundations. A city that has been designed and built by God. Isn't it amazing that one of the richest men of his day, Abraham, chose to live in a temporary dwelling, kind of like a nomad, (laughs) moving with his flocks from place to place. Oh, he had plenty to eat. He had shelter. He He had warmth. He had everything that you would need unless you want to make a statement about who how what who you are and and by what you have, like so many are doing today. Jesus was astounded when people would choose the temporal things of a transient world over the eternal kingdom of God and the eternal life that is offered us. And he said, in astonishment, that man couldn't see past time into eternity. He said, and what would man give in exchange for his soul? You see, the soul of man will live somewhere forever. And God wants that somewhere to be the city that he has built. Hallelujah. An eternal city for people that are going to live in that city age without end for all time. There's only one other place to go, dear friend. And God doesn't want you to be banished 
and punished in a place called hell. He wants you to live with him forever in a place called heaven, in a city called the New Jerusalem. And today as this broadcast is closing, I pray in the name of Jesus Christ, whose I am and whom I serve. That is, God speaks to your heart right here and right now in this holy moment that you will stop and think about eternity and where you will spend it and realize that God wants you to spend it in the city He had built for you, in the place that is eternal forever. Oh, friend, come to Jesus today. Repent of your sin and receive Him as your Lord and Savior and settle the greatest issue of your life. Where will you spend eternity when time is no more? And today if you're a Christian and you're being persecuted and trials and tests and troubles are coming to your life, there's a day coming and coming soon when we will stand with Him in victory. (laughs) And it's time to look past time to that great day that we might bear up and stand up and declare, I'm a child of the King. No matter what, I love the Lord. Well, would you come back next week for our time is gone. And let's talk about Jesus. Jesus.